Welcome to Tech Mobility Topics. Growing automotive loan default rates and high transaction prices, improving inventories at the nation's new vehicle dealers continue to mean higher sales. What is going on here? Industry analysts expect, they actually expected U.S. new light vehicle sales to rise between 15 and 20% last month. And that's according to Automotive News, a trade publication. This is topic C. Pretty much every manufacturer at every nameplate has had a double-digit increase. We've reported here about inflation. We've reported here about a third of the folks coming up for car loans don't expect to get them. We've talked about here the increasing rates in car loans. And that's for everybody. So, like, what's going on? I mean, you know, the pandemic money is long gone. And yeah, a lot of people are working, but what is the deal here? Well, this is what, the, this is what industry analysts say. They said that those numbers are helped by strong fleet shipments, rising stockpiles, and deals that are drawing consumers back to showrooms even amid higher interest rates. They also mentioned that because U.S. light vehicle sales have rose, helped by the industry's highest industry levels in two years, and increasing incentives that are helping to offset rising consumer interest rates. Um, I've seen the numbers. They ain't helping that much. And I'll tell you why here in a minute, because I'm going to read some of the ones, because I looked at, and this is an automotive news article, and I looked at, they had a list of some of the average August incentives, and they range anywhere from as little as $1,040 at Toyota to as much as $5,500 at Lincoln. You know, but you're looking at a vehicle, on average, average price of vehicles come down $2,000 from its high of 47 and change. It's 45 and change now. So if you're dealing with average, let's just deal with average for a minute. Okay. Is $1,000 on a $40,000 vehicle really going to sway you to buy it? The numbers say that something's going on. But for me, yeah, $1,000 ain't going to cut it. And the Lincolns are more than that. They're 60 plus. So you're maybe in a Lincoln, you might approach the 10% you need to make the numbers work. But for the rest of these folks, you're not there. You're just flat not there. Now, it would help you if you had like a down payment or a vehicle you owned outright that you were going to trade that had some residual value still in it. Then, yeah, it's just a little bit more leverage. But, you know, it's not going to make the deal for you. Not like some days back in the day where they were throwing hard money on the hood. And that money was making the difference for people's down payments and letting them, you know, cash out of vehicles they may be slightly upside down in. No, the money they're offering now will not do that for you. And the question is, and in this piece, it doesn't even talk about it really, is where does leasing figure into all of this? Used to be that leasing was the go-to when prices were getting ridiculous, particularly on vehicles that had high value like Toyotas and Lexuses, where they had what they call a high residual value, meaning after two or three years, they were still worth quite a bit. That meant you got a chance to drive that vehicle for basically cheap money and a lower payment than you would have if you drove a vehicle that wasn't worth as much. So the higher quality vehicle, the better the brand, 
the less money you would have to lay out in a two or three year lease. I don't know, and this article didn't address where leasing factors in. Fun fact, typically, because you don't own the vehicle, people, companies that write leases expect you to have even better credit than you buying it outright. Is that weird? But that's the way it is. Just, just a fun fact you can tuck up under your hat. So what are we talking about? Back in the day, before the pandemic, the industry considered an average number of cars and they measured it in days sales. They looked at your average selling rate, they divided the number of vehicles by average selling rate, and they, and they told you how many days inventory you had. Now, typically back then, a 50 to 60 day supply of inventory on the ground at the dealer was ideal. You were good. You know, you didn't have a problem. Uh, when it started getting to 70, 80, 90 days, you had a problem. Right now, just to give an example at Toyota, um, double digit increases for sales, and they're looking at a 24 day supply of vehicles on the ground. One third of what is average, and that is still 70% better than the depths of the pandemic just a year ago. That's how constrained they were. But what's blowing my mind right now is that we've had all this time and things have improved, and I kind of thought that the pent-up demand would work itself out by now, but it hasn't. You know, higher prices don't phase folks. Higher interest rates ain't phasing folks. They're still buying in volume, and dealers are still selling in volume. And they're looking at double, double, you know, double-digit sales gains over last year. Pretty much every single manufacturer doesn't matter what you are selling. What the dealers are telling the industry is people are pretty much buying anything that ain't nailed down. We can sell it. If it's a car, it's got wheels and it's saleable, we selling it. It's getting sold. Honda. Last year, really constrained in sales because of chip shortage. August, sales up 57%. Even the boutique manufacturers are doing okay. Genesis, which sells less than 10,000 cars a month, they're up 27% in August. And then if you look at particular models within the range, some of these numbers are really crazy. The uh, Hyundai Kona, uh, it's a crossover, it's a small crossover. August, up 71%. So, obviously you're going to ask me, so let me answer the question. Is this a good time to buy a car? Well, I'll put it to you like this. Improving inventory means more selection. But it's not to the case where the dealers feel they need to deal because what they're building mainly is the most profitable stuff coming out of the plants. Uh, if you walk a dealership, you're going to see, if they're selling full-size trucks, you're going to see more full-size trucks than anything. The second thing you're going to see is full-size SUVs. That's where they're making their money. That's where they're making their profit. And if you happen to be looking for one of those, your selection ought to be awesome. Now, if you're somebody that your money don't go that far and you want something new, but you're looking at maybe mid-size or compact, you're going to have to look. And you may have to order it. And and honestly, I would suggest you order it because that's not where the volume is. The volume is right now full-size trucks, full-size SUVs, and to a degree, mid-size SUVs, depending who you are. That's what they're selling. If you can get the small stuff, it's not, <laughs> it's getting sold the minute it hits the ground. So you're going to have to do some planning and do your homework. 
as always, be prepared. More so now. Ordering, yeah, I would still advocate ordering a vehicle. Even so now, because that way you can get what you want as opposed to what they have or they don't have. And that will save you money and help you be efficient in your pricing. You just got to learn to be patient. And with the uh, supply chain cleaning up, it's actually better now. We've come to the end of our weekly visit. Be sure to join me again next time right here. This has been the Tech Mobility Show. The Tech Mobility Show is a copywritten production of Tech Mobility Productions Incorporated. Any rebroadcast, retransmission, or any other use is prohibited without the written consent of Tech Mobility Productions Incorporated. Welcome to AONMeetings.com, your next video conferencing and webinar platform. Host your next virtual meeting or your paid webinar with registration and secure file sharing, break rooms, classrooms, and much more. With over five levels of security to know that your data is safe and secure and 100% browser-based, keep in touch with family and friends using the newest meeting platform. Go to AONMeetings.com to start your free seven-day trial. That's AONMeetings.com to start your seven-day free trial. Did you know that you could still listen to past shows of Roadworthy Drive? Kent Chester here. With the change to the Tech Mobility Show, we've taken steps to maintain our vast library of past shows for your listening pleasure. Whether you want to listen to 1, 10, or 50 of our 1,000 shows, we got you covered. Be sure to visit roadworthydrive.buzzsprout.com or roadworthydrivemoment.buzzsprout.com and subscribe. There's no recurring commitment and you can opt out at any time. We set the price super low so that access to the shows is easy and carefree. Thank you so much for your support. Real facts, real opinions, real talk. Roadworthy Drive is now the Tech Mobility Show. I'm Ken Chester, your host. Every week, I delve into the current trends and topics that impact you when it comes to mobility and technology. Things are changing fast, and I cover these topics in a way that's easy to understand. By tuning into the Tech Mobility Show, you can keep informed about the latest happenings with self-driving vehicles, auto finance, electric airplanes, and more. That's the Tech Mobility Show, heard each week on this very fine radio station. These days, everybody wants to be social, and we're no exception. Hi, I'm Ken Chester, host of the Tech Mobility Show. We get to share additional content that you won't find on the show. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and even TikTok. Yeah, we're there. You can find us at Tech Mobility Pod on Twitter and at the Tech Mobility Show everywhere else. Check us out. Be sure to follow us.